CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the club that you didn't want to join. With a voice of rare disease and this jingle doesn't rhyme. NordPod, NordPod, NordPod. My name is Matthew Zachary. And welcome to NordPod, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Now, I've been advocating on behalf of cancer and rare disease patients for over 20 years. Why? Because I am one. NordPod is the official podcast of the National Organization for Rare Disorders. And a quick reminder before we get started, that if you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other listeners like you discover the show. Now, let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome back to NordPod and welcome to all our new subscribers. On the show today, Nick Kirchhoff is a volunteer state ambassador in Colorado and a member of the newly established Policy Steering Committee for Nord's Rare Action Network. Nick and his wife were welcomed into the club no one asked to join when their beautiful daughter, Hayden, was diagnosed with an extremely rare condition, cystinosis. In navigating these new waters, they found Nord and the Cystinosis Foundation, which offered them much-needed peer support and resources. Hayden's future is now brighter than ever, and Scott has channeled his soccer coach instincts with his father's lobbying skills into becoming an outspoken patient advocate and storyteller at the legislative level in Colorado. And now he's paying it forward even more with so many others who are part of Nord's Rare Action Network. Policy is the end game, at least for me, because it's the one thing we can all get behind that's going to create the systemic change we need to improve the lives of millions of people in the rare disease community. Enjoy the show. All right, Nick Kirchhoff, welcome to NordPod. I'm exceptionally excited to talk to you today because we have one thing in common and one thing not in common that I want to start the conversation with. Hey, Matthew, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. So Colorado, love the state, been there a million times, fell in love with it the first time I got there. Are you from there? I am, yeah. It's uh, pretty rare these days that you find people who are living in Colorado who are from here, but I... I did grow up here and you know, left for a little bit, came back, and I'm thrilled to be back home. This is definitely a, a wonderful place, like you said. My challenge was always I went there just long enough to enjoy, but not short enough to adjust to the lack of oxygen. <laughs> yeah, especially if you went from you know sea level on a flight straight to the mountains, uh, you'll definitely be feeling it there, that's for sure. Yeah, I live at sea level in New York City, so yeah, there's no winning. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The altitude can get you. So make sure you drink lots of water and uh, take your time. Don't ever rush or run. No. So the thing we don't have in common, but I'm aware that it exists as a sport, is soccer, which seems to be something you're very passionate about. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, um, really since the age of five, I was playing. And then, you know, at one point we all get told that we're either too old or not good enough to keep playing. And so I got into coaching and um, it's been an awesome, awesome run. I get to share my passion of, of soccer with other people and, and uh, especially college athletics. I really, really enjoy working with ages 18 to 22 um, because you really get to see a transformation in people, you know, going from one stage in life into the next. So I really enjoy that. And obviously, I uh, love soccer. No, I mean, it's admirable. Again, I'm not a sports person. My brother got the sports genes in the family. <laughs> I got like the tech geek, you know, podcast genes apparently in the family. But I commend <laughs> you on that. It's, it's, very, it's very noble. It's, it's incredibly notable. And you're right. That is a incredibly precarious age of comeuppance. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a great time. So no, I, I enjoy it. And I, you know, even if you're, you're not a player, you can always be a fan. So that's, that's what I always encourage. I mean, I've heard of Pele. He, <laughs> is mean, he still he, around? He, yeah, he's, he's not. Well, I mean, he's around. He's not playing anymore. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he's, he's definitely a good one to know. So you're on the right track. There. I, I, I got to get one. Right? I know LeBron. That's about <laughs> it, too, for basketball. So at least I knew it was basketball as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Well, again, I, we, we have you on the show clearly to talk about, you know, Nord's um, state ambassador program and the RAD program. It's been exciting for me to learn all about this as I started joining Nord a year and a half ago with this podcast. But let's start with just you giving us your story. Everyone's always born of their condition when bad things happen to good people and how you make, I hate the cat poster, lemonade from lemons or whatever. But yeah. let's uh, give you the mic. Go ahead. I obviously wasn't really aware of Nord or anything like that. But when my now four-year-old daughter, um, Hayden, at 14 months, just something wasn't, wasn't right. She was really, really thirsty all the time. She kind of stopped growing. And we just had some suspicions that you know there was something a little bit off. Up to that point, everything seemed normal. But right around that time, um, we took her into the doctor. The unquenchable thirst is kind of a common characteristic for uh, type 1 diabetes, I had heard. And so we took her to our local pediatrician. You know, They ran all these tests with blood work. Everything seemed fine. Um, and then we were almost out the door and our pediatrician said, well, you know what, why don't we do just a, a urine test real quick? And so we did that. And then later we went home later that evening, we got a call that we, we needed to probably see a kidney specialist in Hayden's urine. She was leaking kind of valuable nutrients that, you know, normal kidneys would absorb and, and things like that. And I mean, it was a really tough time. My wife was just starting a new job. She was actually away for training in San Francisco. So I was by myself with Hayden. And the next day we had a chance to go meet a kidney specialist. And when we did that, he kind of asked a variety of different questions and basically got another test done, a, a very specific test to see Hayden's blood levels. And he suspected a, a condition called cystinosis. And it was something that I had never heard of. And so I thought, okay, well, it's something that somebody knows about. We'll just get some medicine and we'll move on. And then, you know, like every parent does after they hear something, they go home and get on the internet and start searching information. And when I, you know, came across cystinosis, it was honestly one of the, the toughest pieces of information that I've come across as a parent. It, you know, there was a lot of scary terminology lots of information on all of the bad things that cystinosis can do to, to your body. And I, I remember still saying, seeing something saying that, you know, if, if it goes untreated, life expectancy for someone like this is, is 11 years old. And 
you know, my, my heart dropped. Um, it, it was still probably to this day, the most devastating news that I've ever heard. And for a while after that, um, we were really just unsure about what to do and where to go from there. You know, coming from the cancer space, we always joke that it would be nice if websites started more positive. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more because, yeah, you saw the worst of, of everything. And I remember we searched and we found actually a, a YouTube video of a family that, that kind of put a video together, you know, a day in a life of cystinosis. And looking back on it, um, it seemed like it was, you know, impossible to do. You have to give medications every time on the hour, exactly where it, where it needs to be. Um, and I think at the time, the only medication that I'd heard of, you had to take every six hours. And so I thought, well, shoot, how, how are we going to do this on top of our normal daily lives? Oh, and I forgot to add in too, that at the time, my wife was, we had just found out my wife was pregnant with our second daughter. And Wait, so, so while there's never a good time for these things to happen, yeah. dot, 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 right? <laughs> New job and pregnant. Yes. And being told a lot of, of, of very scary news. So it sounds to me the way you explain it from a, an odd perspective, she was diagnosed fairly quickly within what could have been months and months of misdiagnosis, right? Absolutely. Super fortunate. We had, like I said, that kidney specialist that had seen and actually treated kids here in Colorado um, and in the region, other, other children with cystinosis. And so now, you know, looking back on what I know, you know, now, um, that's a tremendous benefit that not everybody has in the rare community. Even just having a treatment for Hayden, uh, where we feel so fortunate for, because there are so many rare diseases that, that don't have the same, even diagnosis or not. So this sucked you down this rabbit hole of what now, what next, what will our life become and, you know, no one wakes up any one day and says, I can't wait to have a child with a rare disease. <laughs> it's not yeah. like you research this like a fridge you wanted to buy in advance. Clearly, this changed your entire life. What was it like for you for, say, the first couple of months that she was finally on the right kind of treatment? Yeah, the good part was is that um, we started to see little um, changes in kind of her energy. One of the one of, I guess, the, the conditions that come with cystinosis is a failure to thrive. So um, she started to grow a little bit, which was really positive. Um, at the time, you know, she wasn't walking either. Um, all of her peers in her, her daycare that she was going to were walking. And so slowly she started to use, you know, those push carts and started to show an interest in walking. Um, and so we could tell that some of those, you know, nutrients were being replaced and absorbed by the kidneys. And then the one treatment that we do have now, we're fortunate, they created a, a coating on the previous treatment that was a delayed release. And so finding out that we could only give the medication every 12 hours was a huge, huge benefit for our family when it just came to you know, daily life, knowing that we wouldn't have to stop and, and have everything you know, timed every six hours to make sure that the medication was given correctly right then and there. And so we started to see some positives. And we also came across, you know, the cystinosis community through the websites and, and through, um, through Facebook. And that was a tremendous benefit for us because obviously we could go to other people that were in the same positions in us that have gone through this, that were growing 
and we're having success with managing, you know, the condition. And so having that community was incredible for us. And it's, it's honestly changed our lives. Yeah. I call that when the internet goes right and you find yes. something that actually helps you, a community of people like you who get you, there's no judgments. They've been through it. You're walking in their footsteps. Must have been just, you know, again, like what you didn't know you needed was, I mean, were you assuming that there might have been, can't there possibly other parents in the situation? And then you found them. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the numbers are, you know, there's about 2000 people worldwide that have been diagnosed with cystinosis and about only 500 in the U S. And so when you think about that and all of the people, obviously in the world, you know, that you're part of a very select group that not everybody understands what's going on. And to, to find an organization that was kind of already set together as well as a, a parent group, it was a tremendous benefit. And it was just somewhere where we could go and, and talk to other people that were, they weren't doctors, but experts in, in, in how to do just daily simple things. And so I think that was something that gave us a lot of hope. And they gave us a lot of encouragement telling us that we could do this because when you're battling something like this, you know, my wife and I have no medical background, you know, we've had to learn on the go and you just want to do everything possible, obviously, to make sure that your kid is as healthy and, and thriving as possible. Well, there's a lot of people that have MD, PhD after the, their names, but there are also people that have parents of a child with cystinosis after their name. And here you are finding this community and... Could you talk about the first couple of things that you were able to like maybe life hack? Let's talk about the disease itself for your daughter. What were one of the first things you learned? Oh, if we did it this way, it's better. Just even trying to combine some of the medications, right? And some medications that you couldn't combine, you know, those were really positive. Um, one of the medications causes a lot of nausea. And so giving uh, our daughter some, some food before she took the medication helped with the nausea, helped with the vomiting, time, different times of day. Um, at first, you know, you want to, you want to try and be a, a warrior parent that you're saying, whatever it takes, I'll just do it. And, you know, we were giving medications anywhere from seven in the morning, all the way till 1030 at night. And so being able to combine things and just also the advice of, look, there's going to be days where you're going to be defeated. It will get better. You'll learn, you'll grow everything will keep going. What, what's the most important thing is that you understand that you are giving your best effort for your child and you're trying to help them, but it's never going to be perfect with, with a rare disease. Back with our guest after the break. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So let's talk about how sort of the unwitting parent who happens upon the club that they never really wanted or asked to belong to feels like they too can help make life better for the next set of parents that enter the store no one wishes to shop in. When did you discover Nord? And let's talk more about the Cystinosis Foundation that activated you into becoming an advocate. So I was kind of at a weird point. So in my career, I'd actually kind of taken a pause from college coaching and just because I wanted to try something different. And my dad had actually been a lobbyist for quite some time um, with telecom and then expanded and, and was a lobbyist for a variety of different issues, mainly business here in, in the state of Colorado. And I, I'd always been intrigued with politics and it was an opportunity to change kind of a career path if I wanted to try something. And so he had an opportunity for me to do this. And so I kind of got to learn the process of what it was like from the start to finish on how legislation gets going. And the Nord website, when I was searching rare diseases, was one of the first things that popped up in my initial searches about cystinosis. And I think it was my dad who actually had kind of spent some time on the Nord website too and said, hey, you know, they're actually looking for people who could become ambassadors. And I just thought my knowledge of kind of how the process goes with state government that I could try and make an impact here in Colorado with my knowledge of the process. But I was, I was a little timid because I'm definitely not, a, a, not an expert in, in rare disease. But then I had a, a wonderful conversation with someone at Nord. And she kind of said, look, this would be a, a tremendous opportunity for you to also you know, provide a bigger voice. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody. I'm never afraid to go up and, and say hi or, or meet somebody new. And if I could bring more people and get more people involved in the the rare action network um, through Nord that, you know, hopefully we can make some meaningful change for not just my family, but a lot of other families like mine here in Colorado. Right. Because the life hacks and the peer support and the community are critical and necessary, but I'm of the ilk and many people are as well, that policy is really the end game. And I'm Thrilled to hear that you happened to have a dad who happened to be in <laughs> lobbying and you had that Liam Neeson, it's a very Liam Neeson kind of set of skills to have <laughs> that capacity to do what is needed to be done. So, but you're right, like you were not versed in the rare disease lobby space, but clearly that's a space you seemed oddly suited for. What was it like to just walk in that door? I think it was great because, you know, I think I'd asked some other people at Nord, you know, well, how, how do you start talking to them about, you know, these kinds of issues and things like that? And they said, normally you're the expert in your story. You're the expert on your daughter. And really with that, you know, I thought, Hey, I'm going to be talking to these lobby or these legislators about different issues. I can easily say, Oh, and by the way, this is something very personal to me that you would like to do. And so, you know, every, um, legislator is on a different committee and, so I targeted some healthcare committee members and just started having conversations. And 
I could tell when I was talking to them that my story and my daughter's story was having an impact on them. And, you know, from my experience, if you have a story and you have something, that's the beginning of, of legislation. That's the beginning of, of getting to policy. And I think you also realize that, you know, at least here in Colorado, these people um, most of the time are, are part-time. They have other jobs. They're just people like us. And so you're really educating them on all of the things that you're going through, not knowing that you're the expert, but you are. Yeah, I've done some work personally in cancer legislation and policy in D.C., and I've learned the difference between, and this is something I always talk to the listeners about, sharing your story versus storytelling. They're very yes. different because yeah. telling your story is, is really great because you yeah. want other people to know what you've gone through, but storytelling is how you impart that personal into one person's ear. And you may have learned this, or your dad probably knew this already. Policy gets done when one person tells their story, not when 50,000 people go to the Hill. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, people can tell when you're genuine that you want to solve a problem. And, you know, we're fortunate that we have a, a variety of legislators that actually um, work in the healthcare field. And so, you know, I, I was, I was a very appreciative that they were, they've also shown compassion, but they've also, you know, I've been able to build relationships with them because, you know, they understand a little bit more than, you know, some of our friends or even our extended family of, of what we go through every day. I know I spoke with one and, and they researched that information and, and cystinosis right after I, I talked with them and, and just sent, you know, a, a kind text message saying, you know, Hey, I understand what you're going through and, you know, in the future, I'd love to help. And, and luckily that legislator has been able to, you know, help support the work that I've been doing here with Nord with, you know, rare disease day, um, and other events. So how many times have you spoken to policymakers so far? <laughs> um, I mean, quite a bit. Uh, I'm trying that's to a good think. answer though. It's yeah. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll speak to anybody and everybody who wants to listen or who has an interest in this. I don't want to be shy. I encourage people to ask questions because it is different and it is unique. And, you know, it's not something that, um, that we are, are you know, devastated by or, or anything like that. We want to share our story. We want to provide information. And we also want to know that it's okay to ask questions. You know, um, I think the more educated people are, the more they understand what we're going through. And then the more willing they're also to, to help when we, when we do need help. So tell me more about who some of the other colleagues and peers you work with as state ambassadors to Nord's Rear Action Network in Colorado. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been the good part is as soon as we've had a couple of these rare disease days, especially my first one that was in person, luckily, um, we got to meet a lot of different kind of individual rare community groups. And I think that was great because we got to just chat to each other. And it felt like even though our conditions were different, we were having a lot of the same experiences or the same challenges. And so I really got to meet a lot of different patient groups that are here in Colorado. Maybe some of them were also tied to national organizations. But as we were talking, we could kind of come up with the same overall kind of core issues or core setbacks, I guess, that, that we've had. And so you know, for me, that was incredibly energizing, knowing that it's, it doesn't just apply to systemosis, that it applies a lot of these things to a variety of different conditions. And, you know, now going through and learning more, you know, one breakthrough can lead to another that don't have to be tied together. And so 
I'm a really big believer that, you know, United were, were stronger. And I think um, Nord does a great job of doing that both here in the state as well as across the country. Yeah, we have an expression as well in the cancer land, which is that it's not about what you have all the time. It's what you have in common. And that's yes. It's across the board. It's unilateral. I'm thrilled to hear you say that. So the the policy steering committee that's that's under which you serve as a volunteer ambassador. Yes. So we have a policy team that has been working on issues, and they've been fantastic. And you know, I kind of think about it as the policy steering committee being the people that are on the ground listening to other people, both here in our states as well as the region, and we get to kind of basically connect with them and and bring issues that we're hearing about to our policy team. And what I really love is being on the committee, we have great access to what Nord is wanting to work on and, and ideas. And, you know, the things that we've discussed in our policy steering committee meetings um, have been things that Nord has then put into implementation, which I think is incredible too, because it's really empowering when you're actually talking to people and they're putting your, um, advice or I guess comments into into action. And what I've really enjoyed is just learning more and more about how some of these broad topics can help not only our community, but the rare disease community as a whole. The first time I was able to work with a great group of advocates to get a bill passed in the House and the Senate, I was like, wow, I could point my finger to something I did. Do you have that same feeling? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I would love to get some real action going here in Colorado, but what I've really enjoyed seeing is my fellow ambassadors putting plans into action and, and getting things done. You know, one thing that's been a big topic is uh, rare disease advisory councils with Nord. And, you know, just recently it seemed like there was one popping up uh, in, in multiple states. And so I think it shows that it's not only good policy, but that there's definitely interest and so I'm hoping that in the near future that we can do something like that here in Colorado, because something, you know, the Rare Disease Advisory Council is something that I believe a lot of rare um, community members can get behind because it does provide a voice to us and potentially, you know, us to have strength in numbers. All right. So the next set of parents walks into the cystinosis store that they never wanted to shop in and they meet you on day one. What do you say to them? You're not alone. We're here anytime you need to talk, day or night. You know, I think one of the best pieces of advice that we received was the first year is a, is a big adjustment because you get used to your new normal, whether it's taking medications or dealing with setbacks or just dealing with, you know, information that's not always positive. It gets better over time. You know, you get a grasp of things. You figure things out on your own. And I think that once you get going it just becomes part of your your daily life and it really it doesn't it doesn't hinder what we want to do as a family you know here in colorado everyone's active we're very active and so you know for me i was worried that we wouldn't be able to do those kinds of things and now we just have to time things differently but we still provide i think an incredible childhood for for our daughter hayden i hope you don't mind that i stalked you in my research for the show but no. you guys have been very public uh, about Hayden's journey. There are numerous articles written up. The Denver Channel News did a whole story about you. So listeners, if you want to Google Hayden Kirchhoff in Colorado, it's an extraordinary story to read the entire arc. Just in terms of how you are parenting now differently, you said you have a, 
another child as well, you have a ideally a great future that you didn't kind of plan to have, but you can make it extraordinarily magnificent, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I think is a bit incredible is that the system gnosis community has kind of come together and, and tackled a lot of issues for our community. And um, it's, it's made valuable change. It's shown that, you know, a group of parents can actually do things. So, you know, one of the examples is, is just better treatments. So even that delay release from a quality of life standpoint was massive for us. And, you know, when we got to see, uh, we went to a convention, met more people in the systemos community, you know, we got to go up and see people that we thought were, were true living heroes because not only were they brave enough to tackle this, but they were able to make meaningful change for my life. And so I'm so thankful for, for those people that have come before us. And now, you know, it's a, it's a cliche thing to say, but I want to pay it forward. I want to do everything that I can so that that next family is a little bit further than along than what we were. And I think that's what's really driven me. And then just that knowing that there are some other families that may not have the same kind of resources or may not be in the same locations where they can see doctors. We're incredibly fortunate that we have a children's hospital here in Colorado that has specialists that have dealt with cystinosis. But if there's anything that I can do to help, I feel like it's my duty now because it, we've been the benefit benefactors of, of so many incredible breakthroughs with our community. The lobbyist soccer coach in you is showing. <laughs> Nick Kirchhoff, Nord Volunteer State Ambassador located in Colorado, member of Nord's newly established Policy Steering Committee for the Rare Action Network. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Blessings, love, and light to Hayden and your family. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate everything you do for for Nord and uh, other people in our community. That's all for today. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. NordPod is a product of the National Organization for Rare Disorders and Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Leslie Nordstrom. Andrew McDowell is our senior producer. Valerie Don Francesco is our marketing manager. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary and the post-production team at Offscript Media. Our theme music is by the Salvatones. Learn more about the music of the Salvatones at salvatones.org. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit nordpod.org. <laughs>